the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Alleluia, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen Jesus. Today's all about the Spirit's work when it comes to truth and righteousness. He convicts the world concerning righteousness, but guides believers into all truth. The Spirit's work has everything to do with Jesus' resurrection, also his ascension, and what those events mean for the world, and also what they mean for you. Today we are moving toward the end of the Easter season. We're making our turn toward Pentecost. And so we consider the righteousness, then, that the Spirit convicts concerning and the spirit and the truth that the spirit leads into now when it comes to truth we've got a problem with truth well maybe not you personally or maybe you it's certainly the problem of our times it's no longer possible to agree on the truth or what's true anymore can you even find out what's true? There's no longer objective truth. There's personal truth. People speaking their truth, your truth, my truth. There's scientific truth. There's biological truth, though that's not too popular anymore. There's the truth of the establishment the truth of the minority, the truth of the fringe and conspiracy theorist. Truth claims abound. Pilate's words to Jesus ring home today. What is truth? This isn't how truth works in the Bible. The truth, as far as the Bible goes, isn't a collection of ideas that are true. Knowing the truth isn't knowing these sorts of things. Truth isn't even the laws or rules that govern the universe, if you want to talk in such abstracted terms. The truth is not measurable or testable. You can't run experiments to observe the truth. Truth in the Bible, and especially in the Gospel of John, isn't something you get to. It's not like there's a God off in heaven who created truth and truths, and there, then there's you and me on earth who have to learn and know these things. No, truth is a person. The truth is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says. Jesus is truth itself. And Jesus is the truth to which the Holy Spirit leads you. The Spirit brings you to Jesus, leads you to Jesus, drags you to Jesus. The Spirit calls. He gathers. He enlightens he sanctifies you in the truth. 
in Jesus. This isn't to say that there aren't worldly truths that you can know and observe in the universe. They're good as far as it goes. It's just that God isn't concerned about these things because they aren't necessarily in the Bible, they, because they aren't about Jesus. And to know these worldly truths will not set you free, like Jesus says. Only Jesus is the truth that really sets you free from your sins, from your death, from your grave, and from hell forever. And it's the Spirit's job to bring you to Jesus the truth so that you would be saved. Now, this brings us to the other topic we have to take up today besides truth, righteousness. Jesus does talk about righteousness today in John, that the Spirit will convict the world concerning righteousness. Jesus' stepbrother James also says, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now we have the same problem with righteousness that we do with truth. We treat righteousness like a goal or a measure or a destination. But in reality, true righteousness is none of those things. The truth about true righteousness is just like the truth about truth. True righteousness isn't a goal, but a person, Jesus. But for humans, righteousness is a goal or measurement. It's something we attain to, something we gain, or earn, something we strive for. In fact, as rebellious, sinful creatures, it's the only game we know. In fact, it's every single day of your life. It's every area of your life. Work, home, farm, family, friends, politics, and even our hobbies. Here's just one example. What's righteousness when it comes to your work, to your job? Well, it's a job well done. A boss and co-workers that also work well and you actually like. A price for what you need to buy that is less than the true fair price for what you must sell. Besides this, we treat righteousness as the collection, the sum, of right behavior. And just like truth, there's all sorts of different standards. Your righteousness, my righteousness, and when people do not meet our standards of righteousness, well then there's anger. There is assuming the worst about someone's words or actions, and finally, resentment toward that person. We often assume people are just like us. We assume their motivations and their actions are the same as our motivations, our actions, thinking that they act a certain way because that's how we would act if, they, if we were them. 
And rather than actually finding out, we condemn them. We aren't quick to listen to them. We aren't slow to anger. Instead, we are slow to forgive, slow to mercy, slow to kindness. But Christ's empty tomb ends that game. His empty tomb ends it because Jesus ends this righteousness game. He ends it because righteousness isn't a grade or a goal or a standard. He is righteousness. He's your righteousness. As it was prophesied by Jeremiah, in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely, and this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord, our righteousness. On this, St. Paul also says, Christ became righteousness from God for us. This happened for us at his cross and with his empty tomb. For Christ was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Sin and unrighteousness was condemned in the flesh of Christ in order that, as Paul says, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. But that doesn't mean our doing of it. But that's how we hear it. But it's not so, because, as Paul says, we do not have a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. For the record of debt that stood against you with its legal demands was canceled. God did it. He set it aside, nailing it to the cross. The whole law is completed and fulfilled in Jesus. For our sake, God made his son to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we would become the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus his son. And if we'd actually believe that, we would apply God's standard to people instead of our own. God's standard means condemnation for all, even you. But he does this finally for the sake of forgiveness in Christ alone. We should seek to bring all people into Christ's forgiveness by faith in him but we should certainly treat our fellow Christians this way, no longer judging by our righteousness, but accounting them not only righteous, but righteousness itself for Christ's sake alone. And that means treating them the way they really are, who they really are in Christ, redeemed, forgiven, because righteousness is not the sum total of what you've done. True righteousness 
isn't a goal, but a person, Jesus. Outside of Christ is the righteousness that comes from works. Many Christians wrongly live this way toward the people in their lives. But good luck with that. On the last day, Jesus says, there is nothing hidden that will not be made known. For no creature is hidden from Christ's sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom you must give account. On that day, outside of Christ, you would be judged according to the standards which we cannot meet. Our own fake human righteousness does not meet God's standard, let alone our own. For Jesus warns, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Thankfully, true righteousness is not a goal, but a person, Jesus, for you. And it's for this reason that the Spirit convicts the world and all those who don't believe in Jesus concerning righteousness. It's because Christ has gone to the Father, as Jesus himself says. And since righteousness, since Christ is no longer present in the world, the world is then unrighteous and even unrighteousness. Apart from Christ and apart from the Spirit, that would be you. But by faith in Jesus, baptized into him, united with him through his body and blood, there is righteousness. In fact, you are righteousness of God in Jesus. In Christ, there is righteousness because he himself is your righteousness. And so Christ goes through to the Father through cross and empty tomb. And that means the sins of the world are paid for, even yours and your fellow Christians. And so there is justification, an innocent verdict. And that payment for sins, that innocent verdict before God is yours by faith in Jesus. Receiving Jesus as well as his forgiveness, you get righteousness from his baptism, his word, his sermons, his absolution, and his supper. True righteousness is not a goal. It's Jesus. And you pass this righteousness on to others in speaking forgiveness, not anger, but righteousness Jesus is yours not by doing this, but by faith in him, that you may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, you may attain to the resurrection of the dead, as Paul says, even to the life everlasting with Jesus, who is your righteousness. Alleluia, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus.